All right. Well, welcome to this episode of the Text Tech Edition, the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. We got a great episode to talk about today. Text Tech humiliates, uh, manhandles, destroys, whatever adjective you want to use. West Virginia, 48-10 in Lubbock. Um, it was a great day. Biggest conference win I can remember over anybody other than Kansas in a long, long time. It was impressive. Um, Bear Morton impressed. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll get into you know some of my thoughts on the fans and student section towards the end of the game. Really not the fans, um, but more the student section. Uh, we'll preview Baylor, talk about the Big 12 race. There is a path. There is a path, actually, for a five-team tie at 7-2 and two in the conference. Uh, we'll talk about basketball. That's less than two weeks away now and uh, picks for the following week. So here we go. All right. So want to preface this with really anything I say negative about Texas Tech or anybody's performance uh, here on this podcast is really just nitpicking. It was a great team performance. You beat a team that just beat the defending Big 12 champs nine days ago, 48-10, humiliated them. There are four and a half point dogs. You beat them by 38. Uh, I mean, you're taking that every day. Uh, Baron Morton did impress. 28 of 45, 325 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He ran eight times, including sacks, for a total of 12 yards. Uh, he looked a little bit better. It came out that before the game, he actually ate something bad on Friday night and uh, was thrown up in the morning. He said he just knew that he had to get it out of his system. He was apparently still on a bum ankle. Uh, ran the ball pretty well for having a bum ankle. Uh Played well, 28 of 45, 325 yards again, uh, averaging 7.2 yards a pass. Uh, it was good enough for a 60.2 QBR. Um, one thing, he did make some freshman plays, and so far he hasn't really been punished for those. And he, you know what? He is, a fre- he is a redshirt freshman, and I'm okay with him making some freshman mistakes because he has the arm talent that at some point – He's going to fit those in there and know when he can fit those in there and know when he can't. It's just that learning curve from playing 3A football to coming into the Big 12 conference that he needs to deal with. You know, the competition's a little bit uh, stiffer in the Big 12 than 3A. So he's getting used to that. He didn't get punished on any of those. Um, There was one, I remember it was to the right side. I believe it was to Duran Bradley that the safety was coming over. He looks like he was late on that. There's another one. Uh, that one should have been picked off. Uh, he got lucky that they dropped it, but you know what? Sometimes you need a little bit of luck when you're a redshirt freshman, and he got lucky there, so good on him. Uh, there was another one where we had a wheel route to the left side. I believe it was to a tight end um, that he just missed the throw. Would have been a touchdown. That happens. Redshirt freshman, you know. No harm, no foul. Um, it's all right. If he would have thrown one of those picks, that's okay. You know, those are the lumps that you have to deal with when you're starting redshirt freshman at quarterback that's only played 3A ball before this. So more than happy to take those lumps. The uh, <laughs> Man, the potential is there. You can see it with him. That ball just zips out of his hands. Um, but overall, a good day. There were some flaws, some things he needs to clean up. And hey, that's with any young quarterback that there's things that he needs to clean up. He didn't overthrow 14 wide receivers like Quinn Ewers did, so we can't get too nitpicky in there. Uh, The running backs, really impressed. So it looked like Taj Brooks and Sir Roger Thompson would be 1A, 1B, 
and then Sir Roderick Thompson kind of took over, and then today it was Taj Brooks, and now Sir Roderick Thompson did have some really good runs. This guy runs hard nonstop. Uh, Sir Roderick Thompson, 15 carries for 59 yards, 3.9 yards to carry. Not great, but he did get a touchdown. He runs hard. Um, you keep giving him the ball. As eventually, he's going to break one. But Taj Brooks really cemented him that, hey, he can be 1A, 1B, 2 now. Uh, 17 carries, 107 yards, 6.3 yards of carry, two touchdowns along with 20. So everything was pretty consistent. He didn't bust anything for 50, 60 yards. That's bumping that average up. It was just a pretty consistent day from him fighting for every yard. And uh, how about Donnell? Um, so he, I believe he's our freshman running back. He may be a redshirt freshman. I believe he's a true freshman. Uh, it was late in the game, so you don't know if those are twos or threes or if they're tired and he's fresh. But eight carries, 49 yards, 6.1 yards, a carry along of 38 yards. I mean, he looked really good. We're, we may be losing Sir Roderick Thompson this year. We're keeping Taj Brooks. But I, I got to say, I feel good about next year with Taj Brooks uh, and Donnell in there. Especially, look, we're just getting more talented year by year. Yes, the experience is going to drop off. You look at our recruiting rankings, we're getting more talented. And it's great that we're looking, okay, we're losing Thompson. That hurts. But we have Donnell, Donnell to come in and fill that role. And, uh, I mean, we still haven't seen much of Cameron Valdez. I heard that he's going to be back this coming week. We'll see if we blow Baylor out <laughs> by enough to get him some touches. That would be great. But overall, a really good day running the ball. Then the receiving court, Xavier White stepping up again. This is a guy that came in as a wide receiver, uh, couldn't get on the field, had to switch to running back, still couldn't really get on the field, switched back to wide receiver. He had one great catch. I don't know if it was like 20 yards down the field, and he got about 30 yards after the catch. Uh, he finished with for a touchdown. He finished with eight catches, 139 yards, one touchdown, averaging 17.4 yards a touch. I mean, you can see the uh, running back experience in him with how he was making those cuts af after that 55-yard touchdown catch. Uh, our other slot receiver, Niemi Martinez, uh, six. I, I'm sorry if I butchered that first name. Um, the Lubbock guy, six catches, 52 yards, 8.7 yards of carry, long of 15. Everything fairly consistent. He he's always a producer. He had that big catch in the slot for a touchdown against Houston, looking good again. On the outside, a bit more spread out. Duran Bradley, three catches for 42 yards. Loic Fungi had three catches for 25 yards, including a touchdown. Trey Cleveland had a couple catches for 18. Brady Boyd had a couple catches for nine yards, including his first career touchdown catch. Um, he's, he's one of those guys that can play the slot or on the outside. Uh, he looked good uh, when he was in there. That catch was from uh, Donovan Smith. But overall, really good day. I, I liked how we utilized our tight ends. We got them in spaces. Uh, Bear Morton did miss a pass. That would have been a, probably about a 30-yard touchdown to one of them. But Teeter got a catch for 23 yards. Uh, Baylor Cup got a catch. Um, you know, just overall good day. Mason Tharp got three catches for 35 yards. Um, really good day by, really, tight ends, running backs, quarterback, Made a couple mistakes, didn't get punished. All good, young guy. Our defense looked lights out. I mean, look, Baylor struggled against their run game, and we, for the most part, shut their run game down. We did miss a lot of tackles, so that is one concerning thing. But 
the whole thing in the offseason is be take three university, get three turnovers a day. We have not done that yet this season until this week where we got four turnovers, didn't turn the ball over once. Really good day. Um, I mean, it's hard to be picky. That that interception by Rabbit at the end of the first half, it looked like, okay, we're only going in up 17-3 after we couldn't score that drive before it. Oh, man, maybe it's only going to be a seven-point lead at halftime after dominating. We may be in trouble. Then Rabbit goes up, makes a great interception. We come out, hit them in the mouth early in the third quarter. Game's pretty much over, and we just hit run it up on them. Defense, they made the... They made game-changing plays today, which is what we've been wanting, what we've been looking for. Uh, and also, shout-out to Trey Wolf in the kicking game. Uh, he's been, I, I wouldn't say inconsistent. He wasn't, it, I thought after that make against Houston, he would get back to where he was over a 90% field goal kicker before. He made, that wind was swirling. I saw it was 18 miles per hour. It could have been up to 20, 25 miles per hour with the gusts. Made a 46-yard field goal with all that wind going on. Really good performance by him. Austin McNamara. Uh, <laughs> two punts, average of 54 yards. I mean, great day by him. It was good to see him get his form back. He can be one of the best punters in the nation. Probably one of the best probably the best punter in the conference. He has that potential. It's really good to see him have a consistent game. He only got a punt twice. I'm okay if he only gets punt twice, but it's nice to see those two punts were really good punts by him. Also, one performance to note on the offensive side of the ball, our left tackle, Caleb Rogers. So, this guy has gotten a lot of flack, including from me. He just hasn't been up to snuff for a lot of the season. Hasn't played well. He had there was a guy moved behind him at left tackle. I don't know if that pushed him more, but I I don't want to scoop play wall paywall or anything. It was on Red Raider Sports. I'm not gonna go through the whole list of everything, but uh, Ben Golan I believe does these things where he grades them by what PFF would use. Caleb Rogers was our second best offensive player according to that standard. I that's all I'm gonna say about it. He stepped up big time. And look, we're not going against the defensive fronts we faced earlier in the season. I mean, our schedule is really front-loaded, especially in the defensive front area, which offensive front we're weakest at. So it's a huge, huge plus that we got through that 3-3. Three and three. We get see some defenses that are going to make our offensive line look pretty decent. And now we have a quarterback that can move in the pocket. I mean, this is a really good sign for the rest of the season for us. Uh, moving on, only real complaint I have about this game, it comes from the student section. I mean, that thing was cleared out by the middle of the third quarter. Completely cleared out by the middle of the third quarter. And, and I get it. It's a blowout. But the four years I was there, we won one game against the Big 12 team not named Kansas at home. Like, I would have killed to see us blow out a Big 12 team not named Kansas. I mean, you know, I I wish they would have stayed. I think it's going to be much better against Baylor. I don't think they're going to leave that early. I thought even against Texas, there could be some criticisms. I thought the student section was okay. It was a sad student section performance by us this past week. All right, that's the way to put it. There's no other things. I thought at kickoff, um, 
after the first quarter, the entire crowd looked pretty good. It was pretty filled in for, what, a 2.30 kickoff uh, against West Virginia, probably the worst team in the conference. I thought it was a decent showing until then. The student section leaving was a bit disappointing. I, I think it will get much, much better against Baylor. Uh, I think against Kansas it will look kind of similar to what it did against West Virginia, depending on the time of the game. And then I think that against Oklahoma, the student section, obviously that's going to be a question since it's the Saturday after Thanksgiving break. You don't know how many people will be back. But there's a real good chance that we play that game looking to go 7-0 and at home for the season. I think it will look a lot better. I will say, Neil Brown's seat has got to be hot. Neil Brown's seat has got to be hot. And I know he coached in Lubbock. So we're supposed to be a little bit nice to him. But West Virginia's coach, Neil Brown, his seat better be burning up. I mean, it what? It's year four with them? I know they're recruiting okay, but it's year four, man. It's year four. I get the cupboards were bare when you got there, but it's year four. You just lost by 38 to Texas Tech. And look, we're supposed to be nice because he used to coach at Texas Tech or whatever. He coached during the Tommy Tuberville area era. So, you know, is he really a Red Raider? Eh, not so much. Uh, but, yeah, that was awful. Uh, Neil Brown's seat's got to be burning up. I will say, we are kind of turning the tide on the perception around us. And there was somebody who was comparing Baron Warren to Alan Bowman. I heard about that. I'm trying to find where that came from so I can dox the guy. And, look, no, I'm, I'm probably joking there, probably. Now, I'm joking. I'm not going to dox anybody. But if you can't see the difference between Baron Morton and Alan Bowman, I'm sorry. I mean, Baron Morton is the best quarterback prospect that we've had since Patrick Mahomes by a long shot. By a long shot. And it looks like Tyler Shuck is healthy. He just got cleared this morning that I'm recording this. I'm recording this on Monday. This will go out on Tuesday. So, Yesterday, Tyler Shuck was cleared and he's healthy. And it is a brutal blow for Tyler Shuck. Don't get me wrong. He seems like a great guy. Does a lot of stuff in the community. Seems like a really good person. Worked his butt off after his injury to get back. He could have transferred to where he wouldn't have as much competition with Donovan Smith and Baron Morton behind him. One guy played high school football in Lubbock. One guy's been a tech fan his whole life. Tyler Shuck stuck in there. Things just have not gone his way. Things just have not gone his way on the injury front. I think he could have been easily a top half quarterback in this conference, especially with Zach Hitley. I thought he was going to work really well. But it's evident the best guy's Baron Morton. I know Joey McGuire was saying it's tough to take it away from him because he earned the starting job. He didn't do anything to lose it other than get injured, and that's not his fault. But at this point, you've seen your future in Baron Morton. I mean, I mean, it's just obvious that Baron Morton is the future. There's no debating that. There can't be any debating that. We've seen it with our own eyes two games in a row. I mean, Texas was getting praise for beating West Virginia by 18. We beat them by 38. Um, even from Heartland, uh, Derek Duke, he was a guy, and I, I thought his criticism or questioning whether Texas Tech was a sleeping giant was completely fair. Completely fair. I, I, He was skeptical about it. Right now, he has Texas Tech fourth in his Big 12 power rankings. Fourth. 
We haven't finished top five in the conference since we went to 10 teams. That's 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. That we have not, we have finished bottom half of this conference. Right now, Derek Duke has us top four. Pete Mundo in his power rankings had us at fourth. He has us with there at with Texas and Baylor as Big 12 title contenders. I mean, the tide is really return, really turning right now for Texas Tech as far as their perception goes. Um, so talking about Baylor. So we have Baylor this week. I believe it's a 6 p.m. kickoff, maybe 6.30. I'm excited. I get to be back there uh, for the first time since Texas game. I think we win this game. Honestly, uh, I predicted we lose to NC State, K-State, and Oklahoma State. So I've gone all our losses right. I predicted we would kill West Virginia. I predicted that we would beat Texas. Gotten all of those right. Predicted we would beat Houston. I, you know, I just have a gut feeling we're just going to beat the heck out of Baylor. I will say what makes me feel so confident. I saw some things earlier in the season that had us ranked top or had Baylor ranked top 10 in both offensive line and defensive line. They have not shown that. West Virginia ran pretty well over them. Blake Shapen has not been who we thought he would be. He has not taken those leaps forward. I think that our defensive front's going to get after them. Our secondary had a great game today against West Virginia, or sorry, Saturday against West Virginia. I think they just keep improving. I think we're going to beat Baylor by double digits. To be completely honest, I saw the line was at four and a half. It would have to get to 11 and a half that we're favored by before I don't take this line. I really think that we beat Baylor. I heard early uh, coming into the season, it was on a Baylor podcast. They, they had Baylor going 10 and 2, and they had won their losses to Texas Tech. I think they were really concerned about what Joey McGuire knows about their schemes. I don't think Baylor knows as much about our schemes as we know about theirs. Um, I, I think we beat Baylor. Uh, we just got to stop their running backs. And I think we have the front seven to do it. I think they're making a lot of strides right now. I think we have the secondary to contain them. I mean, getting three interceptions. That was big. That was big for our confidence. Um, we're talking about being take three university. I mentioned that earlier. We finally did that. Well, we took four from them and didn't give any back. So we did even better than that. Um, going forward, I want to talk about the Big 12 race a little bit. And I didn't think I would talk about it today. But I think we're at the point where, look, if we beat Baylor, we're playing TCU in a game that is big in the Big 12 title race. It really and truly is. So this is our standings. TCU 4-0, Oklahoma State 3-1, K-State 3-1. Texas is above us in fourth at 3-2. We're tied for fifth with Baylor at 2-2. Two Kansas is 7th at 2-3. They're out. Oklahoma's in 8th at 1-3. They're out. West Virginia also 1-3. They're out. Iowa State 0-4. They're out. It's a six-team race right now. Three teams have a huge upper hand. Texas still almost controls their own destiny. Almost controls their own destiny. um, Because they play TCU and Kansas State still. So we've already lost the tiebreaker to Oklahoma State and Kansas State. I want to get into how there can be a five-way tie. The top four teams, Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU, and if you count us in there to get to the top five, Texas Tech, 
they all beat up on Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Iowa State whenever they play them. Texas would have to beat TCU. Texas Tech would have to beat TCU. Kansas State would have to beat Oklahoma State. Then Texas would have to beat Kansas State. If that happens, there will be five teams tied at 7-2 and two in the conference. And this is a long shot. I know. It's a long shot. But there would be five teams tied at 7-2 and two in the conference. The tiebreaker is head-to-head. They're all tied at 2-2. Two and two. They've all beaten each other twice. They've all lost to each other twice. There, there is actually a path in this conference for a five-way tie at 7-2 and two for the two Big 12 title spots. And I know after 08, multi-team tiebreakers do not work out in our favor. I get that. I get that. But that's possible. So I want to talk about, is Texas Tech in the Big 12 race? Not quite yet. Not quite yet. Um, I wrote an article this week saying what every team's playing for. I put Big Baylor in that Big 12 title race just because they're defending champs because they still get to play Texas. They still get to play K-State. They still get to play TCU. We do hold the tiebreaker over Texas. We do still get to play TCU. If we beat Baylor, we are firmly in the Big 12 title race. What will we need to get to Arlington? First, you need to win out. You need to beat Baylor. You need to beat TCU. You need to beat Kansas. Got to beat Iowa State on the road. Got to beat OU at home. That's, uh, that's pretty clear there. After that, you would need probably Texas to beat TCU. You would probably need Oklahoma State to beat Kansas State and Texas to beat Kansas State. If all that happens, you're in a tie with Texas and TCU at two losses each. And you have the tiebreaker over both of them. Only one team is ahead of you in Oklahoma State. And at that point, you would go to the Big 12 title. I think if you are a Texas Tech fan and you beat Baylor, you hope that Kansas State beats Oklahoma, or I'm sorry, you hope Oklahoma State beats Kansas State. TCU has a lot of hurdles in front of them. They still need to play Texas. They still need to play us, which we can gain the tiebreaker over them. And they still need to play Baylor. TCU has a lot of hurdles in their path. They still need to play a really good defense in Iowa State. They have a lot of hurdles in their path still. The Big 12 title race, it's extremely unlikely that we make it to Arlington. But there's definitely a path. And if we win out, I don't think it's that unlikely that we get there. So, what's on the line this week against Baylor? First off, you have a really good chance to position yourself really well to finish in the top half of the conference for the first time since I believe 2008. Maybe it's 2009, but definitely for the first time since this format went to 10 teams. You can finish top half in the conference in Joey McGuire's first year. Also, if you beat Baylor, you go into that game against TCU and it got six windows. So if you beat Baylor, you're probably playing a night game in Fort Worth. And ticket prices are crazy because TCU quit selling tickets. It will be interesting to see what that looks like. I don't think it's going to be a complete uh, road game for Texas Tech. I think it's going to be more neutral site than anything. If you can beat Baylor, you are talking about your next game against TCU is possibly 
a game to stay in the Big 12 title race and position yourself really well to get there on top of finishing top half of the conference for the first time since we went to this 10-team format. All right, so picks for this upcoming week. Moving on to that, there's four games in the Big 12. And after this week, there are no more bye weeks, no more non-conference games. You will get four straight weeks of five Big 12 games. But right now, there's only four games. Uh, Texas is on a bye. Kansas is on a bye. TCU is minus seven at West Virginia. So my picks have not been great lately. Uh, I believe they're getting better. I believe I was three and one last week. But TCU is minus seven, getting a touchdown or giving up a touchdown at West Virginia. I will say West Virginia needs to rebound. I don't want to bet on minus seven. If it gets to seven and a half for West Virginia, I would take West Virginia. I think TCU wins this game, but I think it's a touchdown game. I think I would probably lean West Virginia plus seven. I'm going to wait and see if I can get plus seven and a half out of it um, as the week goes on. But right now, I would lean West Virginia plus seven and think that I'm at least pushing there. Oklahoma is going to Iowa State. Oklahoma is one and a half point favorites. I'm taking Iowa State plus the point and a half. They've lost a lot of close games. They're 0-4. I think at some point something's going to break. They're at home in Ames. I think they're going to get Oklahoma this week. I think they're going to get Oklahoma this week. Um, So I'm taking Iowa State plus one and a half. Uh, A big Big 12 title race here. Oklahoma State going to Kansas State. Kansas State's favored by one and a half. I'm taking Oklahoma State money line here. I know Spencer Sanders may not be the healthiest, but I also don't know how healthy Adrian Martinez or Howard is for Kansas State. So I'm taking Oklahoma State money line. I think that's a toss-up game. I still think Oklahoma State's really good. I think they should beat TCU and still be undefeated if the coaches don't get away. Go get in the way. I'm sorry. What am I saying? Then I'm taking Oklahoma State money line here. The final game, Baylor at Texas Tech. Texas Tech's minus three. I'm taking Texas Tech minus three all the way. John Kurtz, he's a Kansas State guy, covers the Big 12 very closely, tweeted out, if I'm a Big 12 team, I don't want any part of playing Texas Tech right now. I think that sentiment's echoed. I think... People are starting to see just how good this team can be, especially with Baron Morton at quarterback. Pete Mundo even said that he thinks Texas Tech can compete for Big 12 titles with Baron Morton as quarterback. I'm taking Texas Tech minus three, and I'm not looking back on it. That line would have to get to over double digits for me not to take Texas Tech here. So that's it. I think Texas Tech beats Baylor. Um, It was a great win over West Virginia. I think we're going to get Baylor this week. Uh, I may be eating crow next week. Hopefully, next time I'm talking to y'all, I'm not. But uh, thanks for joining me, and I'll talk to y'all next week.